Welcome to another episode of Heart Meets Mind, a podcast dedicated to unpacking deep thoughts about Christianity, the church, worship, and other cultural issues that involve the day-to-day life of the believer. This is your host, Lena Cole, and I am so excited to share with you how Christian worship is about sacrifice and obedience. So let's start by reviewing our definition of worship. Christian worship is the ongoing personal and corporate response to the triune God as He reveals Himself through His Word. This response is characterized by a transformed, sacrificial life of obedience, where the worshiper's mind's attention and heart's affections are focused on and directed towards praising Christ for the glory of God the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. In today's episode, we will focus on how a response to God's self-revelation should be one of sacrifice and obedience. And let's begin with a little bit of story time. Imagine that you are married and you and your spouse are trying to have a baby, but no matter how many doctors you see or how many treatments you try, there is still no baby. Now, by the grace of God, he hears your cry and answers your prayers by giving you a son or a daughter. Your child is now your most precious possession in the world. So, a few years have passed now, and there is this other family that they're trying to adopt, but they don't have the means to do it. And you feel that God is telling you that you should give up your child to this family. I imagine that in your mind, you have already decided that there is no way that you're going to do that, that you're going to give up your child, and that God would never ask you to do this. And you're right, this is a very unique scenario. And although it would be a hard sacrifice to give up your child to another family, there is a story in the Bible where God demands for an even greater sacrifice as an act of worship. So let's look at it. The first time the word worship, shacha, is used in scripture is in Genesis 22. And its context is a sacrifice. The Lord had asked Abraham to sacrifice his promised son as a burnt offering. And Abraham decided to obey. If you read the previous chapters and you see the story of Abraham and Sarah you will see how God promised them many, many, many descendants, even though they had not been able to conceive. And even through the waiting period, they tried to get a baby in their own ways, and things went south. It didn't go well. But the Lord was gracious and merciful and still fulfilled his promise. So at 90 years old, Sarah gave birth to Isaac, And in Genesis 22, after a few years, the Lord demands Isaac's life as an act of worship, and Abraham, he decides to obey. As they were on their way to the mountain, Abraham said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Here, Abraham's worship was characterized by his obedience, his faith, and a sacrifice. He was willing to sacrifice his only son to worship the Lord, and God rewarded him for his obedience by providing a substitute, a ram, to die in his son's place. 
And a little side note here, this is also the first shadow we see of the sacrificial system and that figure of a substitute that dies in the place of someone else, which is what Jesus did for us. But besides this episode in Genesis 22, a king and a widow are another example of sacrificial obedience as an act of worship. In 2 Samuel 24, David the king was preparing to buy the permanent place for the temple of God. And Arana, the owner of the land, was willing to gift the land to the king. But David said, I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God that cost me nothing. Again, we see the word burnt offering, which in Hebrew in both Genesis 22 and in this passage is the word olah. Here, David's decision to sacrifice his money to give something to the Lord was an act of worship. In a similar way, in Mark 12, verses 41 to 44, we see how a widow was sacrificially obedient. The account says, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins, worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Jesus exalts the offering of the widow who gave everything she had to live on as an offering to the Lord because she was being sacrificially obedient. So both David and the widow understood that worshiping the Lord came with a cost, but they decided to be sacrificially obedient. So what about the New Testament and the life after Christ's redeeming work on the cross? When we are saved through the redeeming work of Christ, we don't need the sacrifices anymore to come before the presence of the Lord as they used to do in the temple practices. And we see all the sacrifices requirements in the book of Leviticus and just in the temple practices throughout. But we don't need that anymore because Christ has done the redeeming work we needed. But in Romans 12.1, Paul states that we are called to present ourselves as living sacrifices. So there is no need for dead animals anymore, but our lives are the sacrifice. Christians are called to worship the Lord by being holy and living in a way that is acceptable to God. Unfortunately, God provided a model for us to follow, Jesus Christ. The Son, the second person of the Trinity, was sent by the Father to live a perfectly obedient life and to die for the atonement of sins. Through his life, Jesus modeled what perfect worship looks like, an obedient life that sacrifices its own will to the will of the Father. Matthew records in his gospel Jesus' temptation in chapter 4, and in this passage, Jesus models worship by recognizing that there is only one object worthy of worship, the Lord. Satan was offering glory, a kingdom in exchange for his worship to Satan. In other words, Satan was offering victory without suffering, without the cross. 
But Jesus held on to the commitments of God and the will of the Father, and he worshipped only the Lord. Jesus' obedience was also prominently evidenced in his death on the cross. In Matthew 26, verses 36 through 46, Jesus prays to his Father to see if it was possible to pass the cup of suffering he was about to face. But in his prayer, Jesus surrenders his will, and he submits to the will of the Father. So Jesus' worship was evidenced in his radical obedience and his sacrifice on the cross. And what does this mean for us? Being a Christian is more than claiming to be saved from the wrath of God in hell. Being a Christian means being a follower of Christ, a disciple of Christ. Those words are not different. They mean the same. We're Christians and we are disciples. We are committed disciples of Christ. And when Jesus describes what a disciple is to be, he always includes that it means to be sacrificial and it means to leave your old life behind and take on the commitment to obedience to God's word and also to bear visible fruits of service and love to others. So in our personal worship, being sacrificially obedient might look like prioritizing your time with God at church and at your home over earning money at your job. It could also look like not watching a show that you love because it is not showing Christ, it is not edifying you. It might look like leaving your comfort zone and sacrificing your time to serve a person that might be hard to serve. Or it might also look like leaving a relationship that you're in because you're sinning against the Lord by satisfying your desire for pleasure outside marriage. All of us have an area in our lives that we want to hold on to, but I pray that through God's word and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the Lord brings to light those areas that we need to sacrifice in order to be obedient, in order to be holy and pleasing to the Lord. Now in our corporate worship, we're able to demonstrate our sacrificial obedience by giving our tithes, by making the time of corporate gathering a priority in our house, also offering our time, our gifts to serve our brothers and sisters. But also when we understand worship as a sacrifice, we no longer think that worship is for ourselves. We're able to leave behind the consumerism idea that church is there to make us feel good or to make us feel welcomed. We offer praise and adoration to the Lord because of who he is and what he has done. And the time for corporate singing is not meant to please us with our preferred style or songs. We have our personal worship time for that. The time of corporate singing is a perfect opportunity to sacrifice your preferences and respond with all your attention, with all your affections to the revelation of God's word alongside other believers because our doxology, our praise to God, is a response to his revelation. We gathered to respond to his word, not to respond to a musical style or a song selection. So my prayer for us is that we find every day a way to worship God by being sacrificially obedient as we proclaim with our lives the honor and glory 
only God is due. And we have arrived at the end of this episode on defining Christian worship. In our next episode, we will talk about how Christian worship is not only a personal activity, but also a corporate activity. And this will be our last episode before our conclusion. But for now, let me leave you with some questions to think about this week. The first one is, what are some areas in your life that you need to sacrifice in order to live in a manner worthy of the gospel? And as you think through this question, I would advise that you pray before you think about it and that you rely on the Holy Spirit to bring to light those areas in your life. The second one is, what is keeping you from worshiping God in a sacrificially obedient way? In other words, what are those excuses that you have to not let go of those areas that you want to hold on to? The third one is to memorize and meditate on a passage. It's Matthew 7 verses 21 through 23, which says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. So as you meditate on this passage and you memorize it, I want you to ask the question, what is the connection between being a disciple of Jesus and obedience? And then the last question will set us up for next episode, and it's very simple. It is, why is it important to be an active member of a church? You can also find all these questions in our description below, and we'll be sharing the recaps and the questions through our social media and our email. So if you haven't, go and check out our website, it's livingonthealtar.com, and subscribe. You will receive a very nice free print for your home. And you will also find our social media handle there. And if you want access to the sources behind the episodes and behind this series of Defining Christian Worship, you can go to our website and go to our page, Heart Meets Mind. Thank you so much for listening. And this was another episode of Heart Meets Mind by Living on the Altar.